I just read my Bible for about four hours. And, uh, you know, whatever topic you, your heart is in, you know, if it's giving, you'll find giving all through the Bible. Turn every page, you'll find giving. If, if your heart is love, you know, the Lord just put it on your heart, you know, learn, teach, study. All of a sudden, every page has love on it. And uh, the first word I said when I got back to church, I walked through the door, I said, fire. <laughs> and so that's just been on my heart, fire. It, it doesn't do nothing to you, but fire. <laughs> I wanted to do a demonstration this morning. I was going to bring five gallons of gasoline and some matches and just douse somebody and see if they sit still. <clears throat> when the fire hits you, you're going to run. You're going to move. You're not going to stay the same. You're not going to stay in the same place. You're going to move. It's hot. It's the same way, spiritually speaking, when the fire of God hits you. So I just started reading the Bible this morning and every page has got fire on it. In the beginning, the Lord said, let there be fire. You know, we think incandescent light bulbs. There wasn't no such thing as halogen, incandescent light bulbs, sodium bulbs. It was fire. And so when, when we see light in the Bible, it's fire. You're the light, you're the fire of the world. Y'all understand that? And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He was fire. Jesus was the fire of God that came to earth. And so I think I'm going to talk about the fire of God. So I just started reading all kinds of stories in the Bible about fire. And I know this in my own life because I've, always, I've already looked back, glanced back, viewed my life back to the day I got saved and I can see something that's very recognizable. And uh, you probably could measure your life also and find this attribute. <clears throat> uh, we were talking about John 3.16. I want to read it. Let's just read it. And I'll get to that scripture. Uh, this is in Luke 9.51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, this is Jesus, that he steadfastly set his faith to go to Jerusalem. That word set means he was fully resolved. That means he had turned into a direction and he was not going to depart from it. He was well committed and all of his attention was to go to Jerusalem his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. He's setting things up. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him, but they did not receive him. Anybody as a Christian in your witness, uh, maybe you're not received? Well, welcome. And if you're the one that gets mad and angry because people don't receive the gospel, get over it. Just really get over it. We had an outreach yesterday, and Kevin did such a good job. 
I think we had nine teams. We went down one road. It's about two and a half miles. Hundred and what houses? A hundred sixty. Sixty. And he told me and Susan, y'all just start here and y'all just go to Beulah, Beulah, Beulah Street. I never got to Beulah Street. He said there's twenty houses. I said, dude, there was forty houses there. We never got to the end. Anyway, we we really had a good time, and I and we you know it's always good when we have an outreach that we come back together and debrief and talk about what went on, because that really helps us to do it again, and because you're confronted by things and but you know when it's all over and we start giving testimonies about what happened, we really laugh about being rejected. We really do, and we, we really have a heart for the people that rejected us, so it, it hadn't, in fact, it hadn't affected us. And so here we are, we do the whole outreach, and this one guy knocked on the door, and, you know, I waited there like five minutes. You hear some shuffling around, and, you know, you see the shades go down two eyeballs, and they're checking you out, and then his finger comes out, and he does all of this, and I don't know what that means. So we go around the back, and he comes out. He's a, he's a grouchy old man. He's in short pants and a shirt, T-shirt on. He comes. He's just kind of crippled looking. And what do you want? <laughs> what do y'all want? He needs Jesus. And he, he said, we just, I said, I was Pastor Bush. This is my wife, Susan. We're just here in the neighborhood, just meeting people and seeing if they have any needs and we love to pray for how you doing I'm good and so he begins to walk away and he's groaning and so he's like saying bye like this and he's leaving I just grabbed his hand I just I let me pray for you and I just you know I asked people let me pray for you but I didn't really ask I'm already praying I, I got the hand and so I'm praying and then, you know, I'm waiting for this breakthrough. I want something to open up that we can really talk. And he's wanting to get away, and I'm pulling him back. I'm praying for him. <laughs> and finally, he says, he basically lets go of my hand and says, bye. So I, I want to kind of break the ice with him. So I say something. He has a big dumpster in his backyard. I said, can I look in your dumpster? I'm a dumpster diver by heart. I, I'm a junk opportunist. I said, I said, can I, can I look in your dumpster? He said, no, and he just left. <laughs> and so you understand, we come back and we talk about all these things. Of course, there were people that received. There were people that we prayed for. And so there's always some things that, you know, don't go right. But don't let that bother you. There are people out there needing Jesus, whether they have the right look or the right answer, they need Jesus. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Kevin, for doing that. And we have some more outreaches. I'm going to talk to Brother Mike today about an outreach we want to do. And uh, Kevin has two or three more. But before the year is out, we want to begin to get in our communities again. We need to hit every house in a, hundred, in a mile radius. And then every house in a two-mile radius. Not one person got excited about that. Not one person got excited. <laughs> you know what I would tell people when I came to the door? I'm not running for office. 
And they like, oh, thank. and I'm, I'm not Jehovah Witness. And they're like, oh, thank. But I'm from the River Church. <laughs> and you know, we, Kevin and I talked about this. Almost everybody we talk to, there's connections. Us with people, people in this church. We, we are very well known on this side of the river, even on the other side of the river. Not everyone is joining us, but a lot of people are sending people to us because they don't know what to do with them. And we're quite fine with that. But I, I noticed just like I was talking to this man and then Joe Koshone's name comes up. You know, and they see this thing going on in Joe Koshone's life, like big change. So all of a sudden we're talking about Jesus. And then Susan, of course, she's kin to everybody, everywhere. everywhere. And if she's not kin to you, she will make herself kin to you. And so we can, we can say that Susan's kin to you some kind of way in this church. <laughs> this, this is funny and, you know, if you take this wrong, just please help yourself. But I did a funeral one day and, you know, this dark-skinned black man came up to me we started talking and he started telling me people he knew and I started telling people uh, I knew and also we were hitting it off man right back then to church and I just I just kind of in a kidding way said it was a wedding it wasn't a funeral so anyway I started joking with him I said dude I bet you kin to my wife I said, I said, I, I said, if you're not, she'll make you kin. I'm telling you, she will make you kin. You know, it turned out my wife and him started talking. They can. <laughs> I, he knew it. She knew it. And now I knew it. <laughs> and so, listen, I'm talking about in the whole Baton Rouge area. We have enough people coming in and out of here. All you have to do is talk a little while. And either the river's going to come up, Jesus is going to come up, somebody you know got delivered, got healed, got set free, got married. If you talk to people long enough, you'll begin to connect the dots. Is that, is that? And, and so just start talking to people and just wait for that opportunity when that door opens that you can just begin to share Jesus. Amen. I'm excited about uh, your influence in this area. I, I really am. Uh, so back to what I was talking about. Well, let me quit finish reading the scripture. I really don't have a whole lot planned. I just wrote this scripture down. But the fire will come. Somebody's going to burn. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. I mean, he was going somewhere and he was going to do something because this was the cross and nothing could deter Jesus. Nothing could stop him. I mean, he was fully, fully committed to his father. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, that he wasn't received, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did. But he turned to them and rebuked them and said, 
you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. But I started thinking about that scripture. I mean, they knew the Old Testament, so they knew Elijah's story, Elisha's story. But they are wanting to call down fire from heaven. Now, you understand they're in the wrong spirit, but my point is, it looks like to me they have been hanging around somebody that's been calling down fire from heaven. Not to destroy men, but to save men. Jesus was the fire of God. And John the Baptist said this. He said, you know, I have come to baptize in water. So there's three baptisms he's talking about. I've come to baptize in water unto repentance. But he said, there's one mightier than me that's coming after me that I can't wear his shoes. I'm not called to do what he does. I'm, I'm, I'm to point to him, but he's to bring you something. And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And fire. And so... That's three baptisms right there. There's eight baptisms in the Bible, and I could go through them real quick, but we see three. We know that Jesus then got baptized, so that's another one. But water baptism, uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then the baptism of fire. And so I started thinking about it. What, what is the significant difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and baptized in the fire? And I'm going to close the service now and leave it like that, and you go find the answer, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> the fire won't allow me to do that. <laughs> so I looked, I looked in my own life. I look back in my own life. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit just seconds after I got saved. And also, a, a large portion of being baptized in the fire at the same time. But I just viewed my life over time. And there's quite often been seasons in my life that, man, I'm, I'm serving God. I'm living holy. I'm treating my wife right. I'm growing up in the Lord. I'm hungry for God. I'm moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And it's all good. I'm witnessing. I'm beginning to preach. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, there's nothing wrong with that. But there have been times when the fire got on me. And there's a difference. There's just a difference. I can look back in my life. When I got saved, there was fire on my life. And then I started walking it out, and, you know, you get in teaching, and you're getting disciplined and all, and, you know, not that my fire went out, my holiness didn't go out, but there's times when the fire would just fall on me. Anybody recognize that in your life? And that's what you hunger for? You know, if you're not hungering for the fire of God, what are you hungering for? What's filling you? What's satisfying you if you're not hungering for the fire of God? Because the fire of God puts you on the edge. I believe from the beginning, God said, let there be fire. Huh? 
from the very beginning let them be fire and you know our whole all of civilization was built around fire it, it is still today you know we don't flick our bick anymore we got electronic lighters but it's all fire shuttles spaceships a bullet cars your washing machine it runs by fire light everything runs by fire you get in a place that don't have fire you you living in the dark ages literally <laughs> if you don't if you're not connected to the fire you're not living in the full privileges of today and you know what it's the same thing in the spiritual realm without the this, this is what the fire does and I, so I'm asking the Lord, you know, what I'm trying to figure out what, what is this different? Well, I, I talked a little bit about the story about uh, Isaiah and the king had died. So, you know, when people die, you kind of think shift and you kind of go through this transition. So I'm sure he's like he's at the funeral. He's seeking the Lord. He looks up. Uh, the king of glory's train and robe fills the temple. All of a sudden, angels come around. They got six wings. Two of them cover their feet. Two of them cover their eyes. And the other two they flap around with. And then the Bible said the hand of one of the angels took a coal altar off the altar of God, off the fire of God's sure. altar, and he touched his lips. He was never the same. And when he touched his lips, you know, all of a sudden, he was, the iniquity was removed. The Bible says his sin was purged. And then the words came from the Lord or the angel. I don't remember which one. It was. Who, who, who can we send? And then he said, even though he feels all undone, even though he's living in a, in a wicked time, he says this because the fire touching. Here I am. That's what the fire does. It will have you just come to the Lord and say, here I am. It's a dangerous place. It's a scary place. Only the fire can put you there. Here I am. Send me. I'm telling you, without the fire of God, I couldn't say send me. I could say it, but it was just religious. I heard somebody else say it. But when the fire of God came on me, and I said, Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. It was because of the fire of God. It was because of the presence of God that came on me. Am I there all the time? No. Do I live in the fire? I think the Lord gives us a break. <laughs> we live in the Holy Ghost, you know, but the fire, the fire is that element that when you say, here I am, God becomes everything. No fear. You're not worried about who's thinking what. You're in the fire. You're not worried about rejection. You're not worried about who's going to shun you. You don't have an identity crisis. The fire's on you. When you 
That's why I'm saying I, I wanted to have an illustration. Just dial somebody with fire, throw a match on them, and then all they're thinking about is fire. They're thinking about getting out of it, but in the spirit realm, I'm thinking about how can we stay in it? And I'm speaking spiritual because you can't grab this with your head. You can only get this in your heart. I'm thinking about Elijah. I believe that dude was hunting for the fire for his own life. I mean, he would call it down. And then he told Elisha, I'm, I'm going to go up. How did he go up? A chariot of fire and in a whirlwind and horses of fire. So the Bible it, this is what needs to happen to us. We need to be on fire. It's an inner flame that causes the fervor, the zeal, the boldness. You, you can't fake this. It either comes from God or you don't have it. And so what we need is what Elijah was after. We need something to keep us, to translate us, to transport us, a vehicle to keep us in the heavenly realm. And it's fire. Fire is the transport. Yo, kidding. <laughs> Your marriage would be better because in the fire you do things right. There's no self in the fire. There's no envy. There's no jealousy. You can be in the Holy Ghost and have all that junk. But when you're in the fire, somebody could cuss you out. And it would not matter. And, and I, let me just talk about this. Some of you have thrown me in the fire of the world system. I was just thinking about you. It's, how many of y'all been thrown in the fiery furnace of the world system? You know what I mean? So the, the world has a fire too. And the world wants to burn us. Shadrach, we need some Shadrach, Meshach, and away we goes in this place. We, we need people that are so committed to God, they are not going to bow to anything and you will be like that when you got the fire of God on you. You will not bow. Just like Jesus, I'm going to the cross and nothing gonna stop me. Just like Paul, he kept his fire in jail, in the dungeon, stocks and bonds, not Wall Street, this is stocks and bonds, chained down and at midnight, the fire started to sing. He wasn't even concerned. And he sang loud so everybody could hear what he was singing. Look what the Lord's about to do. And all of a sudden, things started to shake. And what held, what held him shook off, broke off. And what held everybody else broke. All the doors, chains, locked. Everything was opened up. And then all of those that were 
have the authority that he was under, they got fearful because they know if he escapes, they're dead. And so one guy was going to commit suicide because I guess he thought, well, I might as well kill myself because they're going to torture me. So he pulled a sword and Paul does, he Paul's in the fire. Paul said, do yourself no harm. And you know what Paul did? He stayed in jail so they wouldn't kill him. You know what the fire will do? The fire will have you lay down your life for somebody else. The fire of God will have you not count yourself so highly esteemed. The fire of God will begin to show you and give you an interest for other people. Beyond yourself, only the fire of God can do that. Jesus was full of the fire. John the Baptist said, one's coming after me. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. He had to have fire to baptize somebody in the fire. John the Baptist, his anointing was all he had. He has an anointing to just say, that's Jesus. That's, the, that's his anointing, to point at Jesus. But Jesus had an anointing to bring fire. And now I got an anointing to tell you who sets the fire. Amen. It's Jesus. Yes. <laughs> you want everything Jesus had for you? This is not talked about in church. You want everything Jesus had for you? Yes. <laughs> oh, I want his love. I want his prosperity. I want his wisdom. Oh, yeah, we want all of that. But do you want everything that Jesus yes. has for you? Yes. He has come to baptize people in the Holy Spirit and yes. fire. Yes. That's when you will be beside yourself. Yes. Now, I was talking about, you know, the world has a system that they want to throw you in to burn you. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I, I, I'm telling you, those three guys were living the gospel. I mean, they are like preaching the gospel. That's why I like those Old Testament stories. They say, King, he said, you're going to dance. You're going to bow. When the music plays, how about that? This world has a music that wants us to hear it and bow to it. And so the world will always offer you something to hear and something to see. This golden image. I mean gold, look, gold. Daniel had to file. This crazy Nebuchadnezzar, was a tyrant. And it got to the point, he had a dream. It was so troubling to him. He insisted that his wise men, his astrologers, his officials, somebody needs to interpret my dream. And he demanded it. So he brought his best in and he started saying, okay, Becky, he didn't say interpret the dream. He said, tell me what my dream was. <laughs> they said, King, nobody can do this. It's, it's impossible. Nobody can do this. And he basically said, can you do it? No. He'd chop you up in pieces and burn your house. That's what he did. He was cruel. He'd chop you up and then burn your house. He'd go to the next people. He said, What's my dream? They couldn't. 
And so there's a Holocaust going on. He's killing his best. That's crazy, huh? Yes. <laughs> killing his best. The, the smallest, the wise. And guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel are in line. And they like, this thing is coming to us. You know what they did? They sought the Lord. They sought the Lord. And the Lord gave them the insight, gave them, gave him the dream. Was it Daniel? Gave him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. Isn't that phenomenal? And so now they're helping the whole kingdom because they're stopping this Holocaust. Nobody's going to die because somebody sought the Lord. You know why people are dying and going to hell? Because we need to get in the face of the Lord. We need to stay in the fire of God that we can do everything that he's called us to do. You don't have to do everything, but you need to do exactly what he's called you to do. And he will speak to you. You will hear his voice. And you can just say amen and begin to do it. And it will always be challenging. It will always be bigger than you. It will always pertain to, you know, some type of resistance or persecution in some kind of way. So, you know, after the king would get what he wanted from God, he'd kind of treat God's people right. He would treat God's people right. So what he did, he put... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel in these high positions. And he would do that constantly. When he got what he wanted from God, he'd take care of some of God's people because he knew God's people had something he could use. And a lot of Christians are like that. They'll use God for what they need when they get it, and then, you know, just throw him aside. But it came down to these guys... He said, and then he, he erected this monument of himself and he was testing his whole kingdom and he said that everyone would have to bow down to this statue of himself. And of course the dream that they interpreted was this, this monument that he dreamed about that had a gold head, silver shoulders and breasts, uh, brass from the waist to the hips, and then the legs were bronze and the feet were clay. And in the dream, that was this little rock that just like came out of nowhere that was not cut out of anything by the hands of men, but this little rock hit that statue and it pulverized it. I mean, into dust, and then the wind just blew it away. And so... That's why he started building this statue of himself because Daniel interpreted the dream and he said, this is different kingdoms will rise and fall. There'll be the kingdom of gold, silver, uh, iron, clay, bronze, but it, it's all crumbled by this rock. And of course, in the dream, the rock, the kingdom of this small rock would last forever. And so he knew he, he, he was going to lose his kingdom. That was a bad dream. Interpretation. It was the right interpretation, but a bad dream for him. So he went ahead and made a whole statue of gold trying to make this thing work. And now he's got to insist that everybody bows down so his kingdom won't crumble. But he met these three guys, and they said, like, King, we ain't doing this. Matter of fact, when he told everybody to bow, they didn't even come. 
they didn't even, they were not even worried about this. I don't know if they even prayed about it. And so somebody told out on them, hey, those Hebrews didn't come. You better go get them. So they're like, man, we got to go to this crazy thing. So they go. And the king, you know, the devil will always give you a second chance to mess up. <laughs> he, he tempted, you know, he tempted Jesus, and then he came and he would come back at an opportune time. And so it's no different. He has no new tricks. It's going to be the eyes of the flesh, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And so he's, what did I say? The lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. It is. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what it is. So anyway, here they are. They, they're not even, I mean, read the story. They're like, uh, no, we ain't doing that. Matter of fact, if you throw us in there, our God's going to save us. Amen. They were confident. But they said, you know what? If he don't, we ain't bowing down to that stupid thing. There's no way. I'm not doing that. I'd die before I'd give my life a bow down. I'm telling tell your neighbor, don't bow. This is the commitment we need. I'm not bowing. I am just not bowing. I don't care how hot life gets. I don't care what kind of furnace people are setting up for you and I. These guys used to work for me, contractors. It was a fiery furnace every time I went out there. Every time I'd go out there, they'd ridicule and mock me. Then they'd try to burn me. You holy now, but you wasn't then. <laughs> and I just decided, I'm not letting anybody burn me. Amen. I'm not going to get mad at anybody. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to feel this thing of rejection. I'm not going to live in all this junk because I just decided I'm not bowing to it. Amen. Anybody ever had, anybody go through the fiery furnace? Yes. Yes. And if you went through it, it's because you didn't bow. Amen. And most of us want to be saved from it. We just need to be saved through it. Amen. There will be a fire, but the heat won't hurt you. Yeah. Because there's another man in the fire. The man in the fire got fire. You in the fire with the one with the fire. Come on, somebody. And so my lifetime as a Christian, as a pastor, as a minister, I have been thrown in the fiery furnace so many times. And you know what? I'm just... It's par for the course now. I'm just getting used to it. Because every time I come out, I'm better. Yes. <laughs> I'm just a lot better off. Amen. If I keep my attitude, keep my eyes on the one that's in there with me, Amen. it don't matter how hot life gets, if you keep on fire, Jesus will be with you. Amen. And when they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. You ever get around people that smell like smoke? Yes. They complain. They gripe. They're offended. Oh, I'm like, dude, you smell like smoke. <laughs> and they're wearing the mileage of all of that. All sucked face, constipated. I mean, just like, oh. Like, like the guy I met the other day. Just, just learn to go through the fire with Jesus. 
because he is fire. That the world has a fire that's going to burn, wants to burn you, but Jesus has a fire that gives you life. Isn't that good? How about Peter? Peter and all the guys were preaching. They get thrown in jail, and they let them out, and they go back preaching. <laughs> and so the church starts to pray. And then the church starts to pray. There's probably a fire prayer meeting. The church starts to pray. And all of a sudden, an angel comes in the cell where Peter is, hits him in the side, strikes him in the side, and all of a sudden, chains fall off of him too. Doors begin to open, just like you walk in Walmart, the door goes, whoop. I mean, everything went, whoop. And the angel just, he thought he was dreaming, but this was real. And he just walked right up to the prayer meeting. He was in the fire, but he kept his attitude. There's so many stories in the Bible about people going through things and coming out better. Now, we don't, we don't wish this upon anyone. We don't, but the Bible says, count it all joy. Right. Count it all joy. There's, there's joy in the fire, too. Amen. And the Bible says they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. Their clothes were not even singed and their hair was not even burned. And the Lord gave me this scripture. If you know anybody going through chemotherapy, you start praying that, that scripture. They're going to go through the fire because that stuff is fire. But they ain't going to lose their hair. They're not going to lose their life. And they're going to look the same when they come out. Because that's the fire. That's the fire of the world. And uh, y'all lift up Robbo when you think about him. Of course, everybody's shaving their heads. I'm the pre-Madonna on that. I did it already. Ain't a big sacrifice. Guys, you either ugly or bald. <laughs> the fire. The fire. Think about this. Think about those days in Christ that, man, you were just running. Nothing bothered you. Church was a pleasure. Prayer was not this grueling, oh, I got to. Listen, when you're in the fire, you don't have to do nothing. All you want to do is please the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's the fire. I, I know if I can peep, keep people in the fire in this church, they'll grow. Yes. They'll grow. You'll become the seed like on that tree. Yes. Listen, when I saw those trees, I'm going to just give you a picture of the size. This is one side of the tree. This is the other side of the tree and it covers this whole stage. The oldest ones are over 3,000 years old. The tallest ones are 379 foot. The biggest limbs are seven foot diameter. None of our trees are that big around here. The limb is that big. And those things, they just like, I don't care what you say. I mean, you come out there with your little, your little pole and saw. 
You're going you to weigh yourself out, probably kill yourself before you even get the thing on the ground. There's no way you could even cut it down. There's not a bulldozer could push it over. And those redwoods, this, this is what I heard. I didn't know this. But as tall as they are, that's how far their roots go. They're not that deep-rooted. But as tall as they are, that's how far their roots extend. And what they do, they just tie into every other tree's roots. And so now you go in these forests and those mammoth beasts, they just, they just stand in there, towering. they just everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. It's just like, oh my God. We can be like that in this world. Don't matter what this world's weather becomes. Doesn't matter what fire is raging, what system is set up against us, we do not have to bow. There's no excuses. Excuses are the tools that incompetent people use to build a bridge to nowhere. I don't know who said it, but I didn't make it up. Somebody said that. Excuses are the tools of the incompetent people trying to build a bridge to get to somewhere that's nowhere. And so just, just get rid of the excuses and just put your whole life in the hands of the Lord and let's watch and see what God does. We, we have some people of fire in this church. And you know what? We all have our own little color. You know, it's a tongue of fire. Some got a big tongue, some got a little tongue. Some, some are more flary than others, but we got some fired up people in this church. And I have found people in the fire grow. If people are in the fire, they're teachable. They're not trying to get a position. They don't even want to be seen. But you can't hide fire. I watch people on fire. It's like, oh my God. My wife, I said it Wednesday night, when she starts talking to someone, this, this fire of love is on my wife. This fire of innocence, this fire of purity is on my wife. And when she starts talking to someone, it just oozes. It's just, it's totally grabbing these people. I've watched her over and it's just amazing. And so we all have our own flicker and flame. Everybody, you got this thing on you that's so attracting, but it's not, it's hard to understand with the world's eyes. They want it, but then they don't want it. They want it, but it seems like it may hurt them. It may burn them. Oh, that's for somebody else. But it's the fire of God. Jesus, uh, John said, there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, of course, you need to be born again. And you need to be filled with the Spirit. But you need the fire of God. People in the fire are happy. People in the fire are happy for other people that are blessed. People not in the fire, somebody gets blessed, it's like, what about me? I mean, you know, it's all of these little root issues. 
I'm telling you, when you get in the fire, God begins to burn those root issues. Amen. You know, the struggles in relationships, all of a sudden one person gets on fire and, and the other person can't put the fire out. <laughs> they try. I mean, they come against it, but you can't put it out. You cannot put the fire of God out. If your fire goes out, you're to blame for it. You understand, you just succumb to that thing because the fire wants to burn and you're the few. And I believe the fire's fuel is hunger for more fire. Who wants to get lit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm praying for you. I mean, the fire of God came on me just in my car coming home the other day thinking about people in this church that are going through things. You know, that, that's so heavy on our heart when you're going through something. We, we want God's best in your life. And uh, we're, we're pulling, we're praying, we're pressing in for you that you come through this thing. No, no condemnation, no, no shame in any kind of way. But man, I don't like people hurting. I don't like marriages not right. I don't like people living below the uh, line of, benefits and prosperity. I just don't like it. And it's not, I'm nothing against people, but there's more. Amen. And I, I feel so inadequate and I feel so in a place that I can't help people. So I just always default back to just put the fire on them. Yes. <laughs> That's all I know to do. I've counseled, I've prophesied, I've prayed, I've done everything I know to do, and it just comes to a point, you just got to put the fire on them. And I'm telling you, you get with somebody that got the fire, just, boom, fire knows fire. Fire meets fire, there's an explosion. This is, listen, if you're trying to listen to me in your head, you think I'm nuts. You really think I'm out of my mind. But I'm telling you, there is a spiritual fire waiting to touch you. In the upper room, tongues of fire, like, like in the tongues of fire on there. I believe there's a, there's a flame for every name. There's a flame for every, it's an inner flame. Paul said, Timothy, stir up the gift. I believe that's the fire of God inside of him to fulfill the call that's on his life Amen. because it seems like he was getting fearful yes. you will not be afraid in the fire Amen. matter of fact people will be afraid of you in the fire Amen. they they're afraid they said now you better calm down yes. a little bit you, you be cautious you're gonna do what you're gonna quit your job you're going to the mission what uh, don't you do that you will cause people to go nuts <laughs> I remember years ago I'm teaching Tony and Tony oh. said I'm going to quit my job I'm like what? he said well pastor that's all you ever talk about is go do what God called you to do I'm going to quit my job I'm thinking how much you make? <laughs> he told me what he make I don't think I ever made that in three years. <laughs> I said, you sure you won't quit your job? <laughs> but it was the fire of God. I'm telling you, in the fire of God's presence and his power, he'll begin to speak to you and you'll hear him. You become sensitive to the Lord in the fire. 
You know when they were about to cross the Red Sea? Y'all listen up. Fire fixing to hit this place. When they are about to cross the Red Sea, this is what the Bible says. The fire was in front of the Israelites because it was night. The fire went behind the Israelites. The cloud went behind the Israelites and the cloud became darkness for the enemy but light for the people of God. So the enemy couldn't see the fire. But he couldn't, the enemy couldn't understand how they get in the way. We can't find them. Well, you in the dark, fool. You under the cloud of God's darkness, and they in the fire of God's light. And so when you're in the fire of God's light, he's leading you and you know where to go. But in the fire, you will find the sea open up. And in the fire, you would say, How does that happen? And even in the fire, you will think, What's on the other side? But in the fire, you will come to a determination. Enemy, chariots, soldiers, a dark alley, don't know what's on the other side. God opened it up. I'm going. And they went across. And when they went across, the enemy tried to follow them. And the Lord closed the waters, fell on the enemy. They were getting stuck. How many of y'all know? Uh, when you're in the fire of God, you wreak havoc on the enemy. The wheels of his wagons begin to just roll off. And all of a sudden, they were completely destroyed. And when, you, when they got to the other side, God said this, you will never, ever see that enemy again. You will never, ever have to deal with that enemy again. And I'm telling you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they went through that fire, God was telling them the same thing. You did it right. You trusted the Lord. You knew the Lord was with you. You were walking with him, and you will never go through that again. Now, you're going to go through some stuff, but you're never going to go through that again because you passed the test of the fire. And I'm telling you, if you're in a hard place in your life, even with sickness in your body, it's the, it's the world system set up, fallen man set up to burn you. But you got to keep your eyes on Jesus in the fire. I don't care what you're going through in a relationship. You got to go through it. You know, we pull off a lot of things in ourselves. We got money. We know people. But Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they got a revelation when they got out. You know what it was? I served the God of fire. <laughs> and either, either you're going to rationalize, blame, shift while you're going through all this stuff, you'll end up bowing. You know what most people do when they're standing in this place of decision. And I mean, the consequences to serving God as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it, it don't look good. Come on, be honest. But they already made a determination, I'm not bowing. See, you've got to make up your mind right now that I'm not going to bow no matter what is offered to me or what's going to be done to me. I'm going to serve my King Jesus. And this is what most Christians do. All right, you're about to be thrown in the fire. 
I'm standing on the inside. <laughs> no, you bowing on the outside. <laughs> My heart's right. No, you bowing. Well, you know, it would be better if I live. I mean, what good am I dead? <laughs> Y'all understand how we do all this stuff. And we come up with a solution and we never, and we bowing. I'm telling you, stand. Just stand and watch the hand of God move on your life. Don't put up with everything that everybody's saying. Don't do everything everybody is doing. I had a man in my truck the other day, and this is what he told me. This is how worldly people think. Y'all listening? I looked at him because I picked him up off the streets, and this guy is smart. I'm telling you, Susan heard him on the phone. She said, he sounds like a southern landowner, southern gentleman, very smart, and has a good trade. Picked him up on the side of the road, and I finally I brought him up in my treehouse, and what happens when you go through my treehouse, I get at the end, I'm leaning on my banister and he's leaning, and I just asked a question. If you died today, you know, I said, I ask people, everybody that come up here, I ask them this one question. And I said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And he just looks at me. I said, I ask everybody I bring up here, if you died today, you'd go to heaven. He said, you talking to me? I said, yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> And he always talked about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. And he, he called it on the fence. That is the sickest sounding horn I've ever heard in my life. Isn't that? I hope your horn is not like that. Somebody give me a shout. So anyway, he finally told me what his problem was. He said, man, I've been walking the fence all of my life. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, I'm afraid if I go all the way in, I'm going to relapse. I said, dude, the reason you're relapsing is because you're not all the way in. I mean, come on. I said, the reason you're relapsing is you're not all the way in. You're lukewarm. And so we're going down the road. This is, I'm ending. We're going down the road. I got to take him home. I got to pick him up and I got to pay him big money because he's, he's really good. So I got to take him all the way back to Baton Rouge. So I'm going down the road and Jay Trago pulls up on the side of me. And when somebody pulls up on the side of you with fire, we all start doing this thing. <laughs> Ain't nobody looking at the road. <laughs> We're rolling down the windows. We're preaching at each other. I said, dude, where are you going? He said, I'm going to the bus station. I said, that's where I'm going. I'm going to the bus station because I'm bringing this guy to the bus station. So I look at the guy. I said, dude, he's going to the bus station. I said, go get in the truck with him, and it'll save me an hour and a half. And he said, I don't want to do that. I'm like, what? You don't want to do that? He said, don't make me do that. I said, and so I just backed up. I said, okay, I'm not going to make you do that. So I, I'm getting close to the bridge. It's backed up to Bruley. Jay Trago's on the side of me. He's going to the bus station. This guy's in my truck. I'm going to drive, wait in this traffic, hour and a half, come back another hour, costing me money, and I finally, I mean, I am getting agitated. I'm about to lose it. 
I want to be nice, but I'm about to not be nice. And I said, dude, you need to get over. This is your problem. You want things your way. You want to get back home your way, and you don't want to listen to me. You don't care what effect it's having on me. You just want your way, get to the place you want to be when you get there like you want to get there. And there's a man right in the truck. I am steaming. <laughs> and I wanted to tell him, get out <laughs> or get in. One of the two. Get out and get in or get out and you're out. And I finally, I, I looked at him and I said, dude, you need to either get in the kingdom of God or just go serve the devil. That's what I told him. Just go serve the devil. Go get a full of the world. Go get as much as you want, but don't play this game. Don't play this game of going to church. Don't play this game of praying in the name of Jesus and you're not even a part of him. Either get in or get out. Get on fire or go be some snowball in the world. That's for us. Yes. I'm telling you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were preaching the gospel. Amen. That is the real gospel. Joseph was the same way. He wasn't serving God to get anything. He was serving God because God was God. Amen. It didn't matter where they put him. He changed the whole circumstance. He changed the whole situation. It didn't matter what they took from him. It didn't matter what they called him, how they accused him. He kept his eyes on Jesus. Matter of fact, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king gave them devilish names, demonic names, like snake, killer. What's another one? Spike. <laughs> and they're living in Babylon. And they're influencing everybody. And the king likes them. And they're changing the community. And they have not bowed to anything. How are you operating in Babylon? How are you op operating in Babylon, in this world? Are you succumbing to the world? Are you bowing to the world? This is the messages I'm going to be preaching from now on. It's get in or get out. It's not popular. I'm a good person. I had to do it. My pastors talked to me like this. Yeah. Sit me down and say, son, if you're going to come to church, come on time. If you want to be taught, do what I tell you to do. That's just, that's just how we operated. No, you can't do that. No, you got to earn it. Man, when I went to church, earning, it took 12, 15 years. Amen. You just didn't get anything, everything, and do this and do that. They'd say no, no. And they'd say no purposely to see how you'd react. It was a, it was a whole system set up to see how you would react. And I didn't get a clue. I didn't know. And I didn't react right often. And so I just kept, they kept putting me back. Because your heart not right. Well, you don't know my heart. Yeah, they knew my heart. Because when the heat comes, whatever you got in you, it's going to come out of you. But I can tell you, you can stay cool in a hot place. But you can't fake it. 
I'm telling you, whatever's going on in your life right now, if the heat is turned up, it's just amplified. You understand? Whatever you're going through right now, if the heat and the pressure of this life is turned up, it's just amplified. Unless you decide to keep your eyes on Jesus and quit faking it. Quit faking it. Just say, Lord, I want a pure heart. If you're in here and you have some type of incurable thing, in other words, they said you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Stand up right now. The fire of God's here to heal you. And if sometimes it's not big things. It's just like you're going to have this the rest of your life. Stand up. Stand up. And if you stand up, it doesn't mean you, you don't have faith. I'm just, this is a fact. They said you had this. This is what you're going to live with. They told me that. I stayed with Jesus. Jesus proved them wrong, not me. And so I'm praying right now the fire of God. I, 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 can't, I can't pray any long, lengthy prayers, just the fire of God. Any struggle, anybody. If the struggle's real, stand up. If the struggle's real, stand up. It's real, and it ain't going away. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. It's real, it's real, it's real. It's real. Just stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I'm praying the fire of God come in here and burn those shackles, burn those bondage, burn you to a place of breakthrough. And listen, this is not condescending. This is not shaming you in any kind of way. We all thrown into this fiery system of this world. It wants to reject us. It wants to hurt us. It wants to burn us. It wants to dismantle us. It wants to stop us. It wants us to feel weak, insecure, no identity. That's just how it's set up. The Lord, by, by his power, by the power of the fire of his presence in this room right now, I ask that fire to start to touch you right now. And I thank you. I thank you. Shake it. I thank you for complete healing. The beginning. The beginning of a great finish. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning, the beginning, the beginning, but the beginning, 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 the fire of God. Kora Mahasekitabadaya. So called John and uh Donald and Jim. People are watching y'all. It's the fire. You don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. And if you think about it too long, it's too much. But it's the fire of God. Because you couldn't do that on your own. It's the fire of God. We're watching people burn in this place. It's the fire of God. It's the fire of God. It's the fire of God. God's healing people in this place right now. God's healing people in this place right now. You may be saved. You may be filled with the Holy Ghost. But you want the baptism of the fire. Just raise both hands up. That's your branches. Lord, I ask you to just begin to burn. Burn. Come on. The fire. It's just like being on the beach. You get burnt. You don't know you're burnt until a couple of days later. I mean, you, 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 you're bubbling. You've got your skin's coming off of you. Because <laughs> you've been in the sun. And you're in the sun's fire right now. And what he's doing in you, you can't even, you can't see it in the natural. But it's a flame on the inside. 
that's beginning to heal every scar of your heart, beginning to erase every misconception about life, about people, and about God. A complete, a complete just erasing, eradicating, removing all of the scar tissue of the past, tissue of the past. Thank you, Lord. There's some people in here, you'll actually feel the burn. And the burn is not to hurt you. If you're feeling the burn, just go like this. <laughs> and if you don't, that's okay. You might be like the frog in the pot. You ain't feeling it, but if you stay in there long enough, something gonna happen. <laughs> You're gonna change your condition. But it won't be death, it'll be life. Lord, come on, Jesus. Jesus, I, I don't wanna make a fool out of you, Lord, but Lord, don't let, don't let me look like a fool either. This is your doing. You started this, Lord, and you started in me, and you started it in many people in this leadership. Your fire. Your fire, your fire, your fire, your fire, your fire, your fire. If you, if you open your eyes now and look around, you will sense there's not a whole lot of movement in here. You may have thought of leaving, but you didn't leave. That's what the fire does. It contains you. The fire of God keeps you. The fire of God gets you out of your mental thinking that's all wrong when it comes to the things of God. Time begins to stop, and what mattered doesn't matter anymore in the fire of God because your eyes and your focus become or get on the one that has started that fire. We serve an awesomeness. We serve an awesomeness. He's a consuming fire, a consuming fire. He's all about fire. He's all about light. He's all about truth. It's who he is. Would you burn with him? Lord, I pray that heaven would douse everybody in this service with the liquid, glorious kerosene of heaven. Let it fall in this service right now and ignite everybody in this service that they could leave this place and burn for you. And it would not be a little light to shine, but it'd be a far bright light to shine. That people would begin to see their good works and they'd begin to turn to our Father who is in heaven and they'd begin to worship and glorify Him also. I'm telling you, there's fire on you. And this is what I... This is what I want you to do. So you can see there's a fire on you. Do something you had never done when you leave here. There's a fire. When you go eat at that restaurant, tell that little waitress or waiter about Jesus. Oh, the fire that got me beside myself. Don't go to a restaurant. All right, we better dismiss. Go right out that door, go to the left. If you feel like you need hands laid on you for some reason, 
positive, if you feel like you just need a little jolt, if you feel like you need to get closer to the fireplace, just come up here right now. You heal. I'm believing. You heal. You heal. I know you believe been believing, but I'm believing with you. I'm tired of it. Jesus. Heal. Heal. You need hands laid on you. Come up here. Saka basike da manande. Rabadaka seke. How y'all doing, man?
gentlemen have some t-shirts and uh, they'll be at Walmart if y'all go by a place you could in Port Allen they have items they sell you can make an offering they'll also be in the foyer with their t-shirts we'll see y'all next door